Hi everyone, it is our pleasure to welcome you to the weekly governance update here on VLGA Connect. Looking forward to some wise words of wisdom this week. That's tautology, isn't it, Stephen Cooper? Wise words of wisdom, but I'm going to, oh, I'm going to stick with it. And alliterative as well, Chris. Good to, good to see you. Indeed. You know, it's like World Wide Web, wise words of wisdom, the WWW. Anyway, you're getting a bit silly, I think, Stephen. Welcome to the show. This week, we're going to talk about all the news that's fit to talk about from governance around the sector. And of course, elections are at the top of the list. We're getting ever closer, aren't we? And um, you were telling me before we uh, started recording that the election managers have all been appointed. Yes, so a couple of governance managers I've spoken to this week have said they're aware of the appointment of their election managers and a couple are very pleased about, although they're not returning officers, they are returning election managers. So they're familiar with the people that they'll be working with. And apparently those election managers will be taking up their roles in early August and setting up an office. So the returning officer is dead, long live the election manager. Why do you think the change of terminology, what does it matter? Oh. I'm not starting well on this wise words of wisdom, Chris, because I've got no idea. <laughs> no idea. I just presume <laughs> that returning officer is a bit dated. So we've gone with yeah. election manager. And I suppose in that sense, yes, they are managing the election. Makes and, sense. Um, yeah. Maybe there's a nice message in that for candidates and councillors standing for election that as we move closer to the election on matters relating to conduct of that election, the VEC is, and through the election manager is your go-to. So um, you, as have I, have been delivering more candidate information workshops to the VLGA this past week. Um, we talk a bit about the mandatory training, which these workshops are not. The mandatory training, I think we've got some, um, some clear advice from the Minister this week on how that's taken shape. Yeah, that's... Right, Chris, I heard, and I'll be interested in your comments, that about the 5th of August is the, the level of imminence that we have with the um, dropping of the, um, of the mandatory candidate training. I heard a very similar thing, 5th of August. Same thing as it turns out. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah, or thereabouts. Yeah. So um, yeah. it'll be an online uh, e-learning module. Um, there will be a mechanism to be able to confirm that you've completed that training so that you can present that as evidence to uh, be uh, eligible to nominate in uh, September. And I suppose, Chris, without knowing the fine detail of the content of the training, that's right, that's the other bit we're not sure about, except that there will be a mechanism for participants of collecting the evidence at the time um, that they've done the training um, in a way that that can be provided to the election manager when lodging the nomination. There will be some sort of a list or register maintained by the department and they'll be liaising with each council so that they will have a list of who has participated uh, for each council. So as I mentioned, Steve, you, you've got to do that training to be uh, to qualify to be uh, a, a candidate. Um, through the workshops in recent times, you've had a few questions, I understand it, um, about the issue of qualification on some of those other elements. Um, just some fine detail, Chris, and I was reminded as we discussed earlier in the week that um, I think most people are aware that it is a requirement to be over 18 and an Australian citizen. Um, there's also a quirky little clause about eligible British subjects who were on the voters' rolls or the, the Commonwealth role or the roles of the territories in 1984 when the definition of British subject changed. And those people have kept their entitlement to be a councillor, even right. though they're not Australian citizens. 
So um, I imagine that's a very small pool of people, Stephen, but it's, it's there as a provision. It is. And I would have thought, Chris, that most of them will know that they have that entitlement. I would have presumed it's a, it's a cohort that's pretty clear on, uh, on their entitlement. But again, I think the really important part out of that is that, um, or two things. One is that anyone that's been to our BLGA candidate workshops has been advised, but we need to be clear it's not the mandatory session. Um, and the other part of, out of that is as we get closer to the election that, you know, the, the VEC is the source of truth on all things in relation to the election, including qualification. Indeed, and our understanding is that the, the very important and very useful candidate handbook is uh, another thing that's imminent, uh, possibly next week or the week after. Well, uh, and I recall that came out of that rather excellent um, interview you did with uh, Liz Williams from the VEC, Chris, which would still be available um, on the VLGA YouTube, YouTube account. It is, and it's, it's uh, viewer numbers are steadily increasing all the time as people realise there's quite a lot of information in yeah, that that's uh, worth hearing about. Um, so, so Steve, um, a substantial issue we thought we'd touch on this week is around uh, codes of conduct, which is going to be uh, a really important uh, first cab off the rank task for brand new councils. They must be uh, developed and adopted within four months, and there's a few other of the, of the election. Um, and there's a few other elements to that as well, aren't there? Yeah, you'll recall, Chris, and we've touched on this earlier, that the conduct provisions of the 2020 Local Government Act take effect as at the date of the, um, of the council elections on the 24th of October. So there are new provisions regarding the code of conduct, and there is some nuancing, but I suspect it's a topic that um, we'll, we'll keep revisiting over the coming weeks um, to get into more fine detail. But it would be really useful for councillors and senior officers to give some start thinking now about what's currently working and what the potential is for a code of conduct. So um, these are becoming um, more and more important um, as the uh, the microscope, if you like, on conduct is becoming ever ever uh, fine tuned. When I uh, spoke recently with the local government minister, uh, Sean Lean, um, I asked him what's going to be top of his agenda post the election. And he said, conduct. That's a really interesting piece of feedback, Chris. And it's one of those ethical issues too, because we know, you know, from a very sort of theoretical approach to ethics is people don't necessarily realise that they're doing the wrong thing. But you can be in a context where it's political, it's quite combative, other people have done things, or if there's a perception of unfairness, um, to rationalise behaviour that actually otherwise is not really defensible. So people can slide over the line into unsavoury conduct. And that's why, you know, adhering to codes of conduct is a really important thing. But each council has to own it. And I think um, important also, and perhaps a lot of um, councillors don't immediately understand this when they come into the role, the conduct at that elected level has implications for the culture of the broader council organisation, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely, Chris. You know, we talk about this all the time. It's tone at the top. If the council, and I just think with a code of conduct, it's just a document that says you're in a workplace, behave respectfully, behave honestly. But it's there and it's clearly got the intention of the minister and the integrity agencies because at times people fall foul of, of what's expected. Now, the, yeah. what are the impacts of that? You know, if the council's not making its decisions based on those principles, I would have thought for a start, 
and you might be able to comment on this from people that you speak with. If the council are dragging the attention of the CEO and the executive unnecessarily away from time where they could be managing the organisation, service suffers. And a whole lot of other inefficiencies and less effective service delivery and a host of sort of unsavoury behaviours will result not just in the council, but right through the organisation. It's absolutely critical. I would completely agree with that, Stephen. You know, the, the fundamental role of the council is to set the strategic direction and policy, etc. The CEO has to give effect to that operationally. If they've got to take their eye off the ball to deal with behavioural issues on a constant basis, it, it can only have negative outcomes and therefore worse outcomes for the community. Yeah, and it's interesting you touch on that too, Chris, because the other, another really important element of the 2020 Act is that it has boosted the importance of the, of the council plan. It makes it far more clear that the role of the council is to set and oversight the delivery of the council plan, and that's what provi provides direction, stability, certainty to the organisation, and is ultimately where the focus needs to start. Absolutely. I suspect we'll touch more on this in the weeks to come and particularly around uh, election time or just after, if we're still lucky enough to be doing VLGA Connect, of course, uh, because as we said, it's going to be one of those first cab off the rank tasks that councils really need to focus on, get that code of conduct developed. Yeah, yeah. Chris, I'm really interested in, um, in the feedback from the sector and maybe um, any listeners who have got some comment about which part of the code of conduct they'd like to dive in might put a comment on our social media. Uh, good point, Steve. We haven't done much of that sort of trying to get the uh, the interest. We know a lot of people are watching the governance update now. So, yeah, please let us know your thoughts or the topics you'd like us to to, uh, to touch on. Um, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, we, we post them there and we'd be happy to hear from you. Um, yeah, Chris, because, of course, we do prepare days and weeks in advance. It would never be that we'd have a conversation last minute and just pick up <laughs> on these topics. So people should feel free to comment. <laughs> dangerously close to letting some secrets out there, Stephen. Um, I, I do, though, contrary to that, I do want to flag perhaps a conversation for next week. We're getting close to the uh, election period, formerly known as the caretaker period. We're getting into what I think is a grey area now about the sorts of decisions that councils might be tempted to make. But I think they've got to think about the perception of making those decisions so close to an election period and binding an incoming council. Do you think that's worth exploring a bit more, perhaps next week? I think it's, it's a huge topic, Chris, and it really goes to the heart, I think, of good governance, because one of the risks in this highly legislated environment that we're in is that people might look at um, some issues outside of caretaker, they might look at the Act and say, well, the Act doesn't say we can't do it, therefore we should. And there are issues around allocation of resources, delegations, adoption of policies, even, you know, this late in a council cycle, it could be left and it'd be really interesting to unpack that a bit more. But what's the, okay. you know, what's the principles under which we operate, which are, you know, get that right and you usually get the act right. Right. So can someone, I'm looking around, someone remind us to talk about that next week in case Steve and I forget, that'd be really helpful. Thank you. Steve, always good to chat. Uh, I think we've got a big slate of candidate information workshops, the two of us next week. So um, good luck and have fun. Safe travels. Thanks, Steve Chris. Cooper, joining us this week for the governance update here on VLGA Connect.